Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwald, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. Welcome. Today, I am very excited because we have licensed nutritionist Monica Reinangle with us. She's also the host of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast, Nutrition Diva. So I'm very much looking forward to picking your brain today, Monica. It's great to be here with you, Sabrina. Obviously, most of us don't grow our own food in the home. We have to go out and get food somehow. So I was hoping we could talk about some of those food safety issues today. Absolutely. I should probably start with a little bit of a disclaimer, though. Food safety and safe food handling is definitely part of our brief as nutrition professionals and dietitians. That's one of the things that we cover and we try to help consumers understand how to prevent foodborne illness, things like not cross-contaminating your cutting boards in your kitchen or how to make sure that nobody gets salmonella from the potato salad at 4th of July. That's definitely one of the things that we include in our training and that we try to educate the public about. But I just have to say this, now we have a a, a novel virus that just kind of appeared on the scene about four or five months ago. We're still trying to figure out how it behaves, how it's transmitted. And that's put us in a little bit of an uncomfortable position of trying to give advice and answer questions with a really incomplete data set. So um, we are really relying on the the CDC and the infectious disease specialists, the virologists, the epidemiologists, you know, to help us understand what the features of this are so that we can give good advice. But just to say, we don't really have well-established best practices yet because we just haven't had enough time to develop those. So we're, we're doing the best we can with kind of incomplete information. The guidance is changing rapidly as we learn more. So sometimes we are, you know, we have to correct. And that's part of our job as science professionals and science communicators too, is to say like, okay, that thing I said, <laughs> we have new and better information now and we're going to give new advice and guidance. Yeah. And that's, that is my favorite thing about science is that the, you know, you get to keep poking at things Mm -hmm. and the data will lead you in the right direction. But I understand that some people get frustrated or that makes them uncomfortable with science because it makes it look or seem like we don't know what we're doing. We're never done. Really, we're just gathering the pieces. Well, and I understand that too, because now it's not just an interesting question that we're looking for the answer to. People are really concerned about the safety of their families and, you know, what should I be doing? And I will try to share the best information that I've been able to gather with you and your listeners today. Great. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One of the questions that comes up with my friend group is when I go out and get groceries, do I need to wipe them down? Do I need to take a Clorox wipe to every egg, every apple, every box before I bring it in my house? Because potentially there could be something on that surface. Potentially there could. We have to look at like how likely there is uh, to, to have been contamination and when it might have occurred. One thing that people sometimes forget is that the virus doesn't live forever on surfaces. And on a lot of surfaces, it doesn't actually live very long at all. So you have to ask yourself, how recently could this potentially have been contaminated? And in a lot of cases, time will have taken care of it for you. For example, I got a box of pantry supplies from an online grocer that had been ground shipped to me. So it was underway for a week in that cardboard box. Every single thing that was in that box, my almond flour, my baking powder, I can't remember all what was in there, had been packed a week before. And then it was on a UPS truck or something for a week. So when it arrived on my porch, I was conscious that the the driver who had just dropped it off had just touched it um, and that I wanted to be aware of what might be on the outside of the box. But I wasn't at all concerned about what was inside the box because I knew it had not been exposed anytime recently. So that's time is really an ally here when we're worried about surfaces because the virus can only live for so long on various kinds of surfaces. So when you come home from the grocery store, I certainly don't think you need to unpack your eggs from the egg carton and polish (laughs) each one because they were packed in that carton, you know, a long time. You don't have to take every carrot out of the plastic bag and scrub it. You could wipe down the cans and the boxes before you put them in the pantry. I think that that would be an abundance of caution. Really the most important thing you want to do is once you've put your groceries away, wash your hands and wash your hands the right way, the whole way, the whole 20 seconds, so that whatever you may have come in contact with doesn't get transferred to your face. That's where the rubber meets the road, where the fingers meet the face. (laughs) And so that's the transaction that we need to be most conscious of. Not having a can sitting in the pantry that a week ago might've been touched by somebody else. Yeah, I've seen one study done where they looked at fomite transfer, right? So the the possible infectious agents on surfaces. And they saw that it can live on paper for 24 hours. So that's like cardboard, that's your boxes mm-hmm. and some metals and plastic for up to three days. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's still capable of infecting you. That's right. Even if there's traces of it. And on top of that, there they saw exponential decline. So we're exactly. all learning about exponential growth, right? But exponential decline on the other side, even after four hours, eight hours, these surfaces had almost nothing on them. And I saw an interview with the scientist who led that study, and he said he doesn't wipe down his groceries. <laughs> he yeah. said, if you're really worried, if there's something non-perishable, put it in the closet and don't touch it for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then you know you're safe. But for perishable things, he had the exact same advice. Bring it inside, put it away, wash your hands, you're good. Right. And the other thing about that study about how long things were lasting on surfaces and the the steep degradation is that that was also in a closed lab without 
sunshine, without wind. You know, I feel like if a box has been sitting on my front porch for a couple of hours, that's a really oh, yeah. different scenario than in a closed lab where nothing's going anywhere. So absolutely. Yeah. So those are probably worst case scenarios, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, if you're a high risk person, you might want to take more extreme precautions. But for for most of us, time is the key. And the longer we go here, we can see that we're now eight, 10 weeks into this, and we still don't have a single case of transmission that was thought to be due to food, groceries, packages, mail, anything. So how do you feel about takeout? What are the, the best practices that you would suggest for takeout food? Well, at this point, so we're recording this on May 15th. And at this point, anyone who is involved in any aspect of food service preparation, you know, should be masked the entire time. And that would be an important step. And so one thing I would say is that I would choose vendors, restaurateurs, takeout places that you feel like you can trust that they are following best practices, that you feel confident that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and that the guys back in the kitchen or the guys packing the takeout care, you know, are properly masks. That would, that would be my first question. And then, you know, when the driver comes up, of course, everybody needs to be masked. Our, our biggest concern are each other, you know, it's breathing into each other's faces. That's where this gets transmitted. So with the takeout, as long as I feel confident that the folks in the kitchen are following the proper precautions, the driver is masked when he drops it off, I bring it in. We just had takeout for the first time, actually, last night. We brought it in. We moved it from the containers that it came in into our own serving plates, yeah. serving bowls. We threw all of the disposable stuff in the trash. We washed our hands properly. And then we sat down and didn't think another thing about it. So that's great. I have two small children. And so we definitely do take out. And also I live in a city where we have a very vibrant food culture and I want all those restaurants to still be there yes. after this. So we've been doing takeout and we do the same thing. We take it out of the containers uh, ditch the containers, wash our hands. I've heard advice that if you're extra worried about it, you can stick to cooked food because heat will nothing, kill the virus. Yes. It's, it's not going to survive being cooked. <laughs> That's right. Or, or just reheating it when it gets home to you. Although I would caution people not to count on their microwave ovens to do that job for them because microwave heating is notoriously uneven. You can always have little cool pockets. And so you're better off doing that either on a stovetop or in an oven if that's your goal. Yes. It always amazes me that we haven't made a better microwave. <laughs> <laughs> so what about a friend baking you some food or a friend making food for you? Well, again, time is our ally here. The virus is not going to live terribly long on the surface of a loaf of bread, a chocolate chip cookie. So, so we have that benefit. We hope we can trust our friends. If they're not feeling well, they're not sure. baking for the neighborhood. But they're probably not wearing a mask in their kitchen. But again, I think it's the, the virus just doesn't live that long on surfaces. Your impulse to hug your friend when they came to drop off the, the cookies would put you at greater risk than the cookie. Yeah, absolutely. I guess we're used to thinking about when we think of very contagious viruses, we think of something like norovirus that lives for days. Mm -hmm. On doorknobs and whatever. Yeah. Right. Whereas this particular virus does seem to fall off pretty fast. Hmm. Yeah. And remember that the virus also still has to travel from whatever it's on before it's degraded. You know, it needs a, an entry point into your body. I know we've been saying it since day one, and I still think it's the most important message is the proper hand washing, especially when you're handling packages, food, mail, 
people, whatever, that's the time that you want to be incredibly vigilant about not touching your face. And I will say that sometimes wearing disposable gloves when they're doing things sometimes gives people a false sense of security because they feel like, oh, I've got gloves on. So the virus didn't touch my skin. But if you were in contact with that virus, it's still on the outside of your glove. (laughs) And your glove can transfer that virus to your face just as easily as your naked finger can. So remember that we still have to wash our hands when we take off our gloves. One more question. What about drinking water, tap water? What I've read is that there's no evidence that it's transmitted through tap water. If you filter your water under normal circumstances, like we filter ours just with a little pitcher filter because we don't like the taste of the chlorine. But if you don't mind the taste of your uh, water in in normal times, there'd be no reason to filter it now because of the coronavirus. One more thing we don't have to worry about. Thankfully, because there's enough things to worry about. There sure is. The other question that I hear a lot is how to clean produce. People are worried that they can't adequately disinfect apples or a head of lettuce or a box of berries, should you be lucky enough to find one. Again, we do not see fresh food produce being a vector of transmission here, probably because it's not a great surface for the virus to hang out on. If it ever were, exposed to it. It doesn't survive long enough to to do it. And actually, there have been some kind of homegrown attempts to disinfect the produce that have done more damage than good. We do not recommend soaking your produce in a bleach solution, no matter how dilute, washing it with dish soap or washing it with hand soap or hand sanitizer. None of that. (laughs) Don't put those things on your food. And the reason is just because if they're not perfectly rinsed, completely rinsed off, ingesting even small quantities of that can make you sick. And that's definitely not what we're going for. Moreover, it's not necessary. Just wash your produce the way you always hopefully have been under clear running water. If it's a something that you can give a little friction to, if you can rub those apples, rub those cucumbers, those, you know, polish the, the tomatoes a little bit, that Mechanical friction can actually also help remove whatever's on there, dirt, bacteria, germs, um, even light pesticide residue that may be there. So continue to wash your produce well in water and then put it in the fridge and don't worry about it or put it on the counter and don't worry about it. Please eat your vegetables. Don't stop eating your vegetables. But please don't be washing your fruits and vegetables in anything other than water or at best a fruit and vegetable wash that's been developed specifically for that purpose. Yes. And that mechanical action is a big contributor to how washing your hands works in general. In some viruses, you are actually disabling the virus, but sometimes it's the mechanical breaking up of things that, Mm -hmm. that is making it work. Right. And, you know, sometimes little bacteria will form little biofilms that help them cling to the surface of produce. And the way you remove those is actually physically just kind of rubbing them off as opposed to just holding them underwater. And if it's just lettuce and something you can't massage, just run it underwater and don't worry about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. This was really great. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Let's do the things we can and try to relax and enjoy, if nothing else, a little bit of extra time with our families. Yes. I don't know if you've been hearing mine. (laughs) They're certainly here. And Um, I look forward to our next collaboration, Sabrina. It's always good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Monica. This is great. Until next time, I'm Dr. Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.